If you read your Bible very well, you will understand that he said the time and the season no man knows, only the Father. I sometimes wonder how people still try, want to know, or <laughs> want to be able to predict it. I don't know why. All we got to do is just live under the king. Hallelujah. Praise God. You see, this morning, what I, wanted to, what I want to communicate to us is this, that God has exalted Jesus to the right side, to the right hand of authority. Not only that, he has also seated us with Jesus in the heavenlies. And he has given us gifts to advance the kingdom of God until every enemy of Christ is subdued. I'll say that again. This morning I came to announce to you that God has exalted Jesus to the right hand of authority and has also seated us with Jesus in the heavenly and has given us gifts to advance the kingdom of God until every enemy of Christ is subdued. Praise God. I am excited today because I've come to announce to you that Jesus is king. He reigns today. Hallelujah. Not some future time to come, but he reigns as king supreme today. Glory be to God. Now you see, back to the Acts chapter 1 place. Back to chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, Luke is making us to understand something. And because of what he wants us to understand, he repeats certain words. And I want us to take, go back into the Acts chapter 1, 9 to 11 again. Luke writes, and, and when he had spoken these things, that the disciples asked Jesus many questions and he was answering them about when the kingdom is returning and Jesus Christ talks about the fact that um, he's going to send down the Holy Spirit and all that. And then in the verse 9 he says, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. Now notice the word, taken up. Hallelujah. We often talk about the death of Christ Jesus, talk about the cross, which we talked about last Friday, and then we talk about the resurrection and all that. But we often do not talk about this fact that he was taken up into heaven. This truth seems to be almost silent. We don't really major on this fact that he was taken up. And then in verse 9, uh, sorry, verse 10. And while they beheld steadfastly heaven, as he went up, basically as he was going up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, so, so Luke is going to repeat himself, says, you men of Galilee, why stand ye up, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? 
This same Jesus which is taken up. So Luke, Luke repeats that phrase. Taken up from you into where heaven shall so come. Praise God. See, so Luke makes us to understand that Jesus did not, you know, climb up himself, but rather he was taken up. He actually says that he was taken up in the cloud. So as they were watching, as the disciples were watching him, he was taken up. God took him up. I mean, God took him up. He was taken up. That's the thing I want us to fix in our minds. That he was lifted up. Hallelujah. The word taken up means, you know, he was lifted up from the ground. He was lifted up from, from the ground and he went up. Hallelujah. Bible says, into the sky. In a, a cloud took him up. And they could no longer see him, but he was gone. When everything was settled, he was gone. But they saw him lit, literally, literally, physically lifted up. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. You see, when you look at, in, in, in Luke's first account, in Luke 24, the verses 50 to 53, Luke 24, 50 to 53, Three, looks makes us to understand that the disciples were joyful as they went back to Jerusalem. After seeing Jesus lifted up, if you look at the verse 50, it reads, Acts 20, sorry, Luke 24, verse 50, and it reads, and he led them out as far as Bethany. He led them out as far as Bethany. Praise the Lord. Led them as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Notice the, the, the word, they worshipped him. He didn't say, like most angels would do, don't worship me. They worshipped him. Hallelujah. And returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. Here, Luke records, there's something I want us to take note here. Still talking about the phrase, taking up. Luke records here in Luke 24, 50, that they were happy. They were joyful. But often, when Jesus had mentioned that he was leaving the disciples, they were always sorrowful. If you come with me to John, John and the, the, the 16th verse. John 16, 4 to 7. John 16, 4 to 7. We see 
Okay. It reads this. But these things have I told you, that when a time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. So Jesus Christ is saying, I, I didn't tell you what I'm going to tell you now from the very beginning because I was with you. But now that I'm not going to be with you anymore, I'm telling you. Verse 5. But now I go my way to him that sent me. I go my way to him that sent me. I'm going back to the one who sent me. I'm going back to where I came from. Hallelujah. And none of you ask me whither thou goest. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Praise God. So here we see that something is happening which is usually, which is not the usual case. I mean, we have very, we have, we have many instances where in the, in the Gospels, Jesus Christ tells them he's going and they are sorrowful. But, he, that, but in Luke 24, which we are linking with the Acts chapter 1, Luke makes us to understand that this time they were happy. <laughs> Every time he said he's going, they were sorrowful. But this time they are happy. Happy and joyful, and they returned to Jerusalem to follow the instructions that Jesus Christ gave them. Because Christ told them, Go back to, 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 to Jerusalem and remain there until I send the promise of the, of the Father upon you, which is the Holy Spirit. They go and then they wait. Bible says, Praying and waiting. And then, in that sense, too, Peter gets up and they appoint a new, you know, apostle to join them. <laughs> but they were waiting. Praise God. What made them so happy? What made them so joyful? What are taking the sorrow away? Remember. <laughs> the crucifixion. The arrest. Being put on the cross, it was all shameful to the disciples or to those who were with Christ Jesus. None of that was really encouraging. To the point that I want to read Matthew 26, 55 to you. To the point that when Christ was arrested, the Bible makes it very, very clear that the, that, the, that the disciples ran away from him. They all fled. I'm making a point. Just follow me. They fled. In Matthew 26, in that same hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, Are you come out against a thief with swords, as against a thief with swords and staves? For to take me, I sat daily with you, teach in the temple, and ye lay no hold on me. Verse, verse, 50, verse 56, the next verse. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophet might be, might be fulfilled. Then, watch the last phrase. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. 
So remember, the issue with the arrest was not very encouraging. They fled. Bible says they forsook him. Can you imagine that? They forsook Jesus. Later on, we will read that Peter also denied Jesus three times. Someone said, yeah, you're honored. He said, no, I don't know the man. He actually almost touched his tongue. He said, I don't know him. Judas, Judas is, is Cariot also, you know, uh, he went to kill himself because he couldn't believe that what he had done could lead to this. He wanted to kill himself. So the whole thing was not one of encouragement. And finally, finally, in John 20 verse 19, I want to read something to you in John 20 verse 19. So you get a picture of the disciples. So you see what Luke is saying here is very important. John 20 verse 19. In John 20 verse 19, it reads, Then the same day, in the other evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews. You see, <laughs> so when Christ was crucified and had not resurrected yet, the disciples were in high, and here he says that they, they, were, they, were, they were behind closed doors. Why? For fear of the Jews. So the whole incident surrounding the, you know, the arrest and the, and the being beaten and the carrying of the cross through Jerusalem to Golgotha and being crucified, the whole thing was shameful to them. Their master has been arrested. The one they thought was a king, the one they thought, you know, was the hope of Israel, arrested, crucified, finished. You see, it is later on that we get to actually understand what happened on the cross. But watching it, if you and me were there, we would have made us, we would have run away. We would have run away from him. You would have run away from him. You would have thought, what is this? So he wasn't strong at all. He wasn't powerful at all. He was a nobody. The, the so common soldiers have just caught him and just done with him. So, what was he all about? Were all the miracles fake? Was everything? No, it wasn't. Luke brings us in. He says to us, they went away rejoicing. Why? Because in the Acts 1, 11, he was Taken up. Taken up. What did the disciples understand by this taking up? When he had already told them, meet me, took them to Bethany, that's on Mount Olives, about a certain day's journey to Jerusalem. So they were in a different place from Jerusalem, right? And here he's... He's, he's told them many things. And then they saw him taken up physically. 
lifted up, going up into the heavens. And as he was going, two men appeared amongst them in white apparel and tells them, why are you gazing up so much into heaven? This Jesus who is taken up shall so come down. So God is doing something. So here on Mount Olivet, there's a flip. They no longer see a defeated um, Savior, but now they are seeing someone powerful, someone exalted. They are seeing God exalting Jesus. They are seeing God lifting Jesus up. The word become flesh called Jesus. They see God exalting him up, exalting him. And they're excited. This is a change of the situation. Unfortunately, we don't talk about this very much. And I wonder why. There is a change. <laughs> Hallelujah. A complete change. And why does this thing bring excitement? Two images will come into the minds of these Jewish disciples. Two images, two people. One is Enoch. The other is, is Elijah. In Genesis 5, 24, Hebrews 11, verse 5, we, know, we understand that the Bible says that Enoch, Enoch was translated by God. Enoch, Enoch was taken by God because he pleased God. God took him away. He was a godly man. God took him away. They also think about Elijah who was taken up by chariots of fire. So God took Elijah away. God took Enoch and all these people were, were godly men. And here they can see their Lord and Master Jesus physically being taken up just like these godly men. Exaltation. Now they see that actually he wasn't an evil man at all. Actually a, a man approved of God. Remember, Jesus, the word, made flesh. God in body form. Hallelujah. You see, so these images, and they also know that, you know, people like Moses were also couldn't be buried. You know, but the thing is this. Is it the same Enoch and Elijah being taken away? Did they, did they go up the, did, did they all go to the same place? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Did they go to where Jesus Christ went? Not, not, not necessarily because Jesus is different from Enoch and Elijah. Let's, let's, let's under, under, understand that. And we can talk about that later on. What happened to Enoch and what happened to Elijah? But one thing is for sure. John 3 verse 13. In John 3 verse 13, Jesus Christ said something. He said, no one, no man has been to heaven. No man. John 3 verse 13. No man has been to heaven. No man has ascended to heaven. But he that came down from heaven. Hallelujah. So what he says is that I am the only one who has come down from the throne of God. From heaven. Where the Father is. Where God is. I'm the only one who has come from there. And I'm the only one who will go back there. Hallelujah. Through, to God be the glory. No man. So let's, uh, so let's, let's settle that issue. 
But Enoch and, and Elijah didn't go to where he, he went to, praise God. God took them, yes, fine. But he says, no man has been in heaven except the one that came down. <laughs> awesome. Exciting, isn't it? You see, so what are we going with all this? What are we saying with all this? What we are saying is this. That something happened. Hallelujah. Something happened. That they understood Christ going up. Christ going up. They understood. So they could relate that now this Christ going up actually was the exaltation of Christ Jesus. It was the mark of approval of God for who Jesus Christ is. Let me take you back a bit to Luke 24, verse 45. Let's go back a bit. Let's see something there. Hallelujah. Stay with me. Stay with me. Luke 24, verse 45. Jesus, before he told him about the Holy Spirit and before he told him about, and before he was actually lifted up, told this something to them. Jesus did something to the disciples that opened their understanding to, to what they physically saw. And afterwards, when the Holy Ghost will come, they will come to understand certain things more. But there on Mount Olivet, he opened their understanding. Watch this. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And said unto them, verse 46, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Tell the disciples. And behold, Behold, okay, let's take it from the verse, sorry. Uh, there was something I, I wanted to bring up here. Okay, verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He promised them, okay? But look at the verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which was written in the law of Moses, hallelujah, in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So things written in, in Moses' law, things spoken by the prophets, things declared in the Psalms, verse 25, and he opened their understanding. So he opened their understanding to, to really see who he is, what was going to happen, and all that has ever been said. You see, in Matthew, you remember Jesus Christ put a question to the, to the Jewish people. 
They said, who is the Messiah? And then they answered, he is David's son. And then Jesus asked them, if he is David's son, why then in Psalm 110 verse 1, David said, and my Lord said to my Lord, sit down at my right hand until I have made thy enemies thy footstool. So if the Messiah was his son, why would David be saying, be calling him Lord? That means that you guys don't understand. <laughs> the, it was just a fact that he was going to come for the line of David, but actually he is the Lord. He is the king of David. He is the ruler of David. So David calls him Lord. My Lord said to my Lord, sit down at my right hand. Praise God. And here, Jesus was being taken up. So you see, all these things now came full circle for the disciples. So come with me to Acts chapter 2 verse 33. I may be reading a lot of scriptures today, but just to establish a point. Praise God. So just bear with me. In Acts 2 33. In Acts 2.33, the disciples say something. After Christ has ascended, this is the understanding, hallelujah, God exalted Jesus Christ. And when he was taken up, remember, their eyes, their eyes were open to understand the scriptures. They saw him go. So everything has now come full circle for them now. So now in Acts 2 verse 33, listen to what the disciples are saying about Christ Jesus when he was taken up. You see, therefore being by the right hand of God and exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. Remember he told them when he goes up, he will set the promise of the, of, the, of the Father. So when they saw him exalted, when they saw him going up, notice this. It was not just physically going up. Yes, it was going up. But it was going up for something. It was going up to be at the right hand of God. Oh, come on. To be at the right hand of God, do you know what that means? It means that he has become the power of God. To be at the right hand of God is not like somebody just standing there at the right hand. It means that now he is the power of God. Oh, come on, somebody... You're not hearing me. You see, when you read that Christ is at the right hand of God, it means that Christ Jesus, God, the word of God made flesh, is the power of God. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God on the salvation. Christ is the almighty power of God. Let me qualify it properly. He's the almighty power of God. The ascension. He's been taken up. We don't talk about it very much, but this is the truth about it. That when they saw him taken up, that was the understanding. See, so he's being taken up. They understood that he was going up 
for something. To be to be at the right hand of God means he was being he was being called up to a place of authority. He was being called up. And the word we use when someone is being put in a place of authority as a king, we call it coronation. Hallelujah. So when he was going up, <laughs> from the humiliation, dying on the cross, resurrected, the disciples went back happy because they understood. Because their understanding were enlightened, were, 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 were opened. And they come to understand, oh my goodness, we are seeing our Messiah going up. And this going up was for his coronation, to be coronated in heaven. Hallelujah. As king of kings and lord of lords. Not just a simple man, Jesus, walking on the face of the earth. Now he's up there. Acts 3, 21. Let's continue. Acts 3, 21. We would also read Acts 7, 55 and 56. Acts 3, 21. Let's read it. In Acts 3, 21, the same Luke saying, the apostle saying, whom the heaven must receive. Hello? Watch, watch this. Whom the heaven must receive until the time of restoration or restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. The heavens must do what? Receive him. Hold him up. Taking it from the verse, let me, let me take it from the, from, from the verse 20. And he shall send Jesus, and shall send Jesus, Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Right? Whom the heavens must receive. Unto the times of restitution or restoration of, of all things. Verse 22. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of all your brethren, like unto me, him shall you hear. Praise God. Now come with me to Acts chapter 7. Acts 7, please. Verse 55. Acts 7.55. In Acts 7.55, it reads. Okay. Let's, let's take it from the verse 54. This is about a stoning of Stephen. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, that Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven. And saw the glory of God. And who? Jesus. Standing on the right hand of God. Hallelujah. That is standing as the almighty power of God. And said, behold, I see heavens open. And the son of man standing on the right hand of God. Glory be to God. Standing on the right hand of God. You see, so, you see, so that standing on the right hand of God. Is that place of authority and power. 
So when he was taken up, it was taken up to that place of authority. So God exalted Jesus to this place of authority. And let me put it plainly. He is the almighty power of God. The phrase right hand of God means almighty power of God. When you are talk, dealing with Jesus, you are dealing with the almighty power of God. You are not just dealing with a simple mere man. When we talk about Jesus, we are talking about the almighty power of God. <laughs> now you understand. <laughs> He's the word. All things were made by him and without him was nothing made that was made. And again the Bible says that all things are under his feet. Actually, I didn't tell you this. Let me read this to you. Before he went up in Matthew, he said something that the disciples also understood. Come with me. Matthew 28, verse 18. Let me, this, this, this will help very much. Matthew 28. This is just before he went away. These are things he told them. Hallelujah. And you will love this. You will love this. You see, Matthew 28, verse 18. Let's take it from the verse 16. Verse 16, please. From the verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went away unto Galilee into, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. That's the Mount Oliver, where he told them to meet. And when they saw him, Matthew also records, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Of course, they were doubted. They were not too sure. Because remember, the fear. <laughs> Highly behind closed doors. And now they've seen their Jesus. Verse 18. He made one of the most powerful statements. Verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power. All. All power. Is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So now you understand how the disciples came to understand that actually his going up was for the official coronation. Because he has already declared to them that all power in heaven and earth is given unto him. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, believers, we have some, we have entered into a kingdom of glory. We have entered into a kingdom of glory, but sometimes we don't live like that. We serve the most glorious king. We serve the, we know, we serve the highest supreme king of kings. Is there any word above supreme? Now that I can use. I think there is, but I'm limited right, right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Do you get the picture? And then he said, 
All power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Therefore, go ye into all nations and teach them. Let them go and teach every people, every group of people. Go and teach them. Send my teachings to them because, oh my goodness, I am authority. All power in heaven. This is not about a religion. This is about kingdom. This is about the ruler of the universe. Oh, do you know what I see? I see. As Jesus was here on this earth. It was a king of the earth himself walking on the streets of Galilee. It was a king of the earth walking on the shores. He was coming to redeem his own for himself. He came personally to earth. You see why it is wrong in leadership when they just send people to just do things? He came personally to bring the earth to himself, die for the world, bring the world, bring the earth back to himself. And now when he's going, he tells them, all authority in heaven, earth is given unto me. Now go, spread my teachings. Spread my truth. And baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Not, not so much of putting them in water and saying that, no, but rather immerse them. Bring them under, under the truth, truth of, of the Father. Bring them under the, under the truth of the, of, of the Son. Bring them under the truth of the Holy Ghost power. Let people come to understand. Believers, this, we are not in a religion. We are in the kingdom of God. So with, the, with, with this understanding, they understood when he was lifted up and went away. And the eyes of understanding were opened. They understood that he's gone away was for his coronation. And now they have said he is seated and they went back. They cannot understand Psalm 110 verse 1. Seated at the right hand side. They now understand Isaiah 53, when God says that I will divide his portion with the great. He shall see the travail of his soul and he shall be satisfied. All that was about him. So they understand that actually his going up was to be coronated as king. And in Revelation, in Revelation we understand that he is called the king of kings. The lord of lords. Would he be king in the future? Or tomorrow? No. He is king now. Nathaniel called him. You are the king of Israel. Did he say no? I, I, I am not the king. He didn't say anything. Pilate said so you are a king. He said what? You said so. He was a king. Are we getting this? 
that he is a king of the earth. King of the earth. Jesus Christ. If you thought we were just dabbling in just religion and religious stuff, you got it all wrong. We're serving the king of heaven. We're serving the king of the earth. His name is Jesus Christ. Something else the disciples understood. And Paul made us understand this later on. Romans 8 verse 34. Later on Paul writing. He brings another understanding. And then he says in Romans 8 34. He says... Is he? He mentions four things about Jesus Christ. And in there, he fits in <laughs> his authority as king. He says, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Yes, we talk about the resurrection. But then, not just that, he went up, he was taken up, remember? The working of Christ never ended at the resurrection. He was taken up. And that's what I want to bring the mind of believers to. That he was taken up. Who is even at the right hand of God. The almighty power of God. He's not the almighty power of God. He's the authority of God. <laughs> When you are talking about Jesus, when you are dealing with Jesus, you are dealing with the almighty power of God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then watch what Paul asks. Watch what he asks. Also, make an intercession for us. You see, so he is not just up there in heaven, just being there, but also interceding. Interceding means standing in for you. Can you imagine this? the power of God being your advocator? <laughs> the highest power being your advocator. The highest authority is your advocator. What other voice can speak? That is why Paul could boldly say, Who is he that condemneth? Nobody. Nobody. Who is he that condemneth? Nobody can do that. Because the highest power is the one that intercedes. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you see, not only that. So he's, so when he was taken up, Means he was going up to be coronated as king of as king on the right hand side, on the right hand of God. 
there, as he was taken up, he also went up as our intercessor to see the for us. Don't forget, as he's also our high priest in heaven. <laughs> he's a high priest in heaven. And then, watch this. He is also the supreme of all powers. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1, 20 to 23. In Ephesians 1, 20 to 23, it reads, Which he wrote in Christ when he raised him up from the dead. Hello? He raised him up from the dead and set him at his own right hand in where? Heavenly places. Verse 21. <laughs> Now watch this. He's been set at the right hand, which we understand to be the almighty power of God. Authority of God. Far above one principality and power and might and dominion. And what's the next line? And Every name, every name, that is, now give me a name. Give me, I dare you today, give me an authoritative name on earth. And Bible says, Christ Jesus is far above that name. I dare you, challenge you, double dare you, give me a name. And he's above that name. There's no name on earth today that even comes close. Because he's far above, my Bible says. Not just above, but far above. Far above. So there's no power, no name, no nothing that ever It's not finished yet. Look at the text. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Which indicates... <laughs> he, <laughs> any authority that would ever rise tomorrow, any authority that would ever rise tomorrow, that is... Thinking of rising now, any group of people, any nation, any of anything that, that thing to be rising up in authority to come and conquer the world, understand the authority of Christ is far above the power. That's what we are talking about. It's far above it. So you people can dream. We are going to be the superpower 
Father, cry our King of Kings. Christians, there is something we have. Believers, we are in a kingdom of glory. Let's rise up and begin to think in that sense. Have the understanding. Live with this understanding. Operate from this understanding. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you see, guess what? When God did all this, the disciples understood it. And they painted for us in the scriptures. But there's something else I wanted to understand. When God was doing all this, he was not thinking only of Christ Jesus. He was thinking of you and me too. So it comes to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Where he says that not only did he sit Christ at the right hand in heavenly places. He also made us to sit with Christ in heavenly places. And has raised us up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we are in Christ. As he sits in authority, we are in Christ. To God be the glory. We are in Christ. Praise God. You see, so watch this. As I said earlier on, it was not just for Christ, but for those of us who have been, you know, defeated, manipulated, cheated, robbed. Our lives have been misused by Satan. We've done all kinds of evil things against God. But right now, God has raised us up. Cleaned us up, removed the corruption, cleaned us up, and seated us in the heavenly with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah! Praise God! No longer to behave as silly people. You know, I read about some silly people that somebody was telling them to drink Detol to kill coronavirus. Goodness me, that, that, is, that is people being manipulated because they went to a religious place and they were told to drink Detroit to kill that virus in them. See, being manipulated, no longer be manipulated. No longer be manipulated. But now, to function with Christ in heavenly places. And not only that, you see, when he went up, not only did he call, cause us to sit with him, there was something else that he did. You see, if we're going to sit with Christ, then that means in authority, then that means we're going to work with Christ. Hallelujah. So to work with Christ, we needed something. That something is called grace. You can also call it gifts. We need, you see, we are here on this earth. But we are seated with him in authority. That's our true position. But we are here on this earth. 
So as here on this earth, we are representatives. So you see, the king, the king of the earth came to get his earth back, gather some souls, and begin to now work through them as he had in the beginning in Genesis planned to do. To manifest himself. To let earth be as heaven. To let heaven influence earth. And he's doing it through those that he's gathered. So he's giving us gifts. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8 11. Let's read it. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8 11. It reads like this. He says, he says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captives and gave gifts unto who? Men. And let me tell you, for those of you who just quickly want to just jump, Onto that uh, 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 male man thing, you want to just jump in. That word men there is anthropos, which means male and female together. He gave gifts to male and female, to mankind or humanity. Let's read it like that. Praise God. Now, he, now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lowest parts of the earth? He that has descended is the same also that has ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some, hello, some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some teachers, some pastors, for the perfection of the saints, until we all come to the unity of the faith. Now, so understand this. There are two things here. He gave gifts. Now, with that gift, there are many gifts. Hello. There are many gifts. To achieve the work of Christ is not just a fire for the Lord that can do it. These are some. Some he gave that. Some he gave that. Some he gave that. So others may not be listed here, but they also receive gifts because there are seven areas of influence in the earth. Areas that we must influence. The media, education, politics, science. The arts, the business field, get gifts to people. Hallelujah. And the purpose of these gifts is that we will use them to advance the values, the character, the teachings of Christ until we subdue every enemy of Christ. Bible tells us that he's waiting the father said, wait, Psalm 1110, wait till I make all thy enemies thy fools too. Who is doing the work? We are here accomplishing that work and he's working through us. So whatever gift he's given you, you are meant to be working with it. You say, well, I am not the boss of, of, of something. I'm not the manager. Of, no, it doesn't matter. Whatever place you are, you find yourself right now, it's your garden. That little God and begin to influence, begin to work there, begin to express that gift, begin to let the character of Christ, the nature of Christ, the teachings of Christ, you know, flow through. Garden by garden. One garden at a time. Hallelujah. 
one garment at a time until the enemies of Christ are subdued and they will be subdued because he's all power and he's at work through you and through me. Glory be to God. Praise God. He's, Hebrews 1 verse 13, he's at the right hand of God waiting to all his enemies be subdued. You see, There are people, what's all this about? There are people who have made up it their agenda to control other human beings. But God never created humans to control humans, but rather to control the earth. The disciples came face to face with this thing in Acts chapter 5. The Jews said, didn't we command you not to do so, so and so? And he said, Peter said, Peter and the disciples said, who should we obey? God has, a, let's read it. Let's read it. Praise God. Acts chapter 5, please. Acts 5, 28. Acts 5, 28. It will make very much sense. It's better we understand. Praise God. Verse, 20, verse 28. Acts 5, 28. Saying, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood, blood upon us. Verse 30, verse 29. We're running through to 32. 29. And 29 reads, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Verse 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hung on a tree. Acts 5, verse 30 now. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hung on a tree. Verse 31. Him has God exalted with his right hand to be prince and savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Verse 32. And we are his witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Ghost whom God has given to them that obey him hallelujah so you see they said hey we ought to obey Christ Jesus he is an exalted king he is a one that we obey today my question to you is who's your authority it has to be Jesus Christ, the king of kings, the king of the whole earth. Hallelujah. It has to be him. It has to be him. It has to be him. Let's live our lives in such a manner that it brings honor and glory to the king and it advances the kingdom of God until every enemy of Christ is subdued. Praise God. God has lifted Jesus Christ as the, author, as the supreme authority. He is our, your advocate. He is your intercessor. Praise God. He has also given you gifts. And by this gift or graces, you work with him. 
here on this earth. He works by his mighty power through you. And as you advance, as you go on spreading him, as you go, as you go on, you know, using that gift and expressing it, ex expressing his nature and manifesting and manifesting his truth, what you are doing is that you are teaching people. You may not have a sanctuary, but wherever you are, wherever he places you, teach people by using your gift. The reason why I say gift is that it becomes very easy for you to function in that area. And as you function in that area, bring out the teachings of Christ and immerse people in the Father, in the Son, and in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Until every enemy of Christ is subdued to the glory of God. Hallelujah. One garden at a time. One garden at a time. One area at a time. Jesus is a king of the earth. Let's live our lives in honor unto this king of the earth. Let's live our lives recognizing that Jesus is a king of kings. Lord of lords, supreme power, none like him in all the universe. Mighty God, bless your name. From age to age, you reign as king. We worship you, Lord. We thank you, God. We give you praise. 